we have, you know, communities sharing things, right? We have a similar worldview. So we're sharing purpose and ideas and we're sharing those and we're interacting. And as I thought about it, I decided that a community is actually more holistic. Because it's not just about this career. It's not just about this hobby. It's not just about this industry. It's about people as a whole, their whole thing. You're sharing your life more than the contacts more than the information, right? It's about actually sharing life. Welcome to Thrive in the Future podcast, positive solutions to help you thrive, designing your intentional life, homesteading, gardening, and rediscovering culture and tradition. Are you thriving this summer? Join the Thriving Community Telegram group where we share our real-world successes and failures on homesteading, gardening, and designing your intentional life at signup.thriveinthefuture.com. Want to create a food forest and grow three to five times more food with less maintenance? Go check out Will Horvath's free food forest toolkit. It's a free download. What you get, how to create a food forest step-by-step implementation checklist, a site survey checklist on how to read the landscape and analyze your site, five plug-and-play permaculture guild examples that you can copy and recreate in your food forest, This is similar to the Apple Guild that I used. So how do you get it? Go to permacultureapprentice.com slash food dash forest dash toolkit dash thriving. It's a really long URL. You can also find it in the show notes. Go there, sign up, and you'll get his free food forest toolkit. Okay, welcome back to Thrive in the Future. Perpin is back with me, and we're talking about community this week. So Perpin... Episode one, back in November 9th of 2021, was about community. And we said what's necessary for successful community is having the same worldview, having skin in the game, proof of work, being close in proximity, and having a common purpose and a common culture. We've talked a little bit about mindset in the cosmology and everything else. So it's been almost 100 episodes. We're almost two years later. How has your view of community changed? I think that it's pretty much the same, but probably I have a few things I would highlight that I didn't know to highlight then. How's that? (laughs) Okay. I mean, we get told that networking and community are the same thing. Right. And, And I think networking can lead to community, but I think there is a distinct difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to think that through. So you know me, I went and looked up definitions, right? Oh, good. So uh, they're very interesting because I've got one here that says networking is a mutually beneficial interaction that involves exchanging ideas and information about a career, industry, or interest. That's networking. Yeah. Huh. Okay. A group of people that exchange information, contacts, and experiences for personal or social purposes. Okay. Networking is a process of making connections and building relationships. Huh. One thing to define it as your friends and community of colleagues as you move through your career. Through your career. Mm. It was very interesting because they would give these definitions and then give an explanation about why networking is not transactional. 
Really? They said networking is not transactional? No, it's not transactional. It's all about building friends and community and don't feel like you're some kind of sleazy transactional out to take something from somebody else kind of relationship. Oh, I see. Yeah, because it's like your your social media network, your LinkedIn network, your network of career contacts that you have for LinkedIn that you can call on if you lose your job, that kind of definition of a network, right? Right. You no, know, it's kind of like, that's interesting that that's the way the world sees it. But the first thing they have to do is convince you you're not being transactional or extracting from the relationships. Uh-huh. Which kind of says something in our modern world because we say exactly what it is we're not going to do. Or we say we're not doing exactly what we're doing, I guess is a better way to say that. That's funny. Um, you know, and so I kind of thought about that and I went, okay, well, how is that different than what we had in our list there, right? Because we have, you know, communities sharing things, right? We have a similar worldview. So we're sharing purpose and ideas and we're sharing those and we're interacting. And as I thought about it, I decided that a community is actually more holistic. Huh. Okay. Because it's not just about this career, it's not just about this hobby. It's not just about this industry. It's about people as a whole, their whole thing. You're sharing your life more than the contacts, more than the information, right? It's about actually sharing life. That's community your versus, that's, that's community, community. Versus, right? Yeah. Community, uh-huh. You're living together. You are sharing Life. Ups, downs, the whole thing, right? You, you have a higher level investment there and you're getting something from it because we all need that social relationship, but it's not quite as extractive as I've lost my job and I am a truck driver. So I'm going to contact all of my network friends of truck drivers to find out where the best place is to work, who's going to be able to get me on insurance fastest, right? Those. Right. And those are good things to have. And I mean, we do a lot of networking events, right? We go to all kinds of places where homesteaders and preppers and people understanding what's going on in society is, right? And we meet them and we exchange cards and we exchange numbers and we try and get them into chat groups where we are so that we can start talking, right? We're building a relationship. That's networking. But the goal is not to extract a job or to just share that interest, it's to get, find the people that we can actually share our life with to build that deeper community where it's not transactional. Hmm. So what you're saying is most of the things that are deemed community are really networking. What are would our chicken workshop and things like that be a network or a community event? You know, I think it's a little of both, right? Because uh-huh. we we started those as can we get people together working as a community, and we're going to do this chicken thing, right? And we're going right. to process chickens. We don't quite know what we're doing. We're going to get it done, and so you know there is some networking that happens because that's part of meeting people and 
finding those people that you can actually spend your time with, find your, you know, share your whole life with. Right. Sure. At some point we need networking because, you know, that's just part of getting along in the world and knowing a guy that knows a guy, right. Mm -hmm. Which are good things, but it doesn't make them equal. Hmm. I mean, it's kind of like the mundane, right? Networking is, it's not fun. It can be kind of boring or it can be exciting, but it's not mundane. It's not, you know, my chicks have made it to that point where they're starting to lay eggs. And, you know, this is your fourth time to the process and it's no longer fun. And yeah. you don't feel like taking the picture and posting it on Instagram. Right. And, you know, this is just routine. I don't think we took any pictures last time, did we? Yeah, I don't think we did. No, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> right. But those people that we can share it with at that point, you know, the actual doing of it. It's not about networking or finding other people. It's about this is what we do because this is how we live our life. Hmm. That becomes more of a sharing life and maybe culture. That would be a good, you know, at community, you're actually sharing culture. Interesting. With, you're participating in culture with other people. Mm -hmm. Those habitual life things that go around. Did you have some thoughts on how community has changed for you? Well, yeah. I mean, basically when we started, COVID was still going and everybody was still pretty gung-ho on getting uh alternate economy right parallel economy all that other stuff going on mm -hmm. and uh getting much more prepped or you know self-sufficient right and then we saw folks wane away both as they did what they needed to do to keep their job without using the v word and uh and then things went back to normal air quotes and then it's hard to get folks to get together to do stuff so yeah you know um and then of course you were the inadvertent leader of it which is <laughs> absolutely cracks me up <laughs> so when you moved to kansas well, well, city you well, went well, to the well, monastery <laughs> why don't you tell me why that's so funny because I mean, yeah. Well, most of our said, listeners wouldn't know, and that's kind of like an inside joke. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It's like some explanation. It's like you said that you want to be the hermit on the outside outskirts of town, which is benefiting from community, but not necessarily having to put up with everybody on a day to day basis, right? Yeah. yeah. That's that's the way you uh, has that. Okay, so has that has that changed? Since you've been pursuing the monastic <laughs> life? I think my tolerance has changed. Uh-huh. Some people would say for the better, I can tolerate people longer and in greater numbers. Uh-huh. But that requires the discipline of regular solitude. 
Hmm. Practicing that. And it also requires deeper friendships and relationships than I had before in new and different ways. Right. Because at the monastery, it takes that common purpose, common culture to the next level. It's not like you're a community down in the holler. You well, know, you're all you're all in the same path, right? Yeah, we're not discussing culture because you're living already, culture. It's already figured out, right? And you're each individually working on living that better. Hmm, okay. Diving deeper into that mundane, like we talked about with Andrew, where you're okay, services are getting boring but this is what we do. So I'm going to continue and I'm going to push forward until I can find that moment in it where the mundane opens up and I see that deeper level. And I'm going to do that and do that and do that until I hit that just boring grind of it again until, right? And you have people going through that at all levels mm -hmm. or different spots of that. And you're pulling together. And it's not a question of whether we're going to get together and do chickens or we're going to get together and do that, right? We are going to show up at services. We're going to do our individual things. We are going to weed the garden when we're assigned to weed the garden. We're going to cook the meal when we're assigned to cook the meal. We're going to cook what we were assigned to cook. You know, that's, in a lot of ways, it's figured out and you're going to do it. You're not sitting there going, well, um, let's have a potluck. Well, no, let's go to a restaurant. No, right. That's, the structure's there. It's just learning to live in that. And so it's more of a, it's different. Right. Which is where communities will be if they can hold themselves together for the next 50 years. Mm -hmm. But I, I could hear it when I said it, right? Wait, 50 years? We're going to be doing this for 50 years? We're going to be processing chickens for 50 years. We're going to be planting corn for 50 years. We're going to be planting tomatoes for 50 years, right? The next 50, we got to do this for the next 50 years. I mean. And that's not appealing to you? I think it's appealing to me, but I could just hear people that like I talk to, right? And they're like, wait, wait, wait. I'm not signing up for butchering chickens for the next 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. It'll I mean, be interesting to see. So we are doing a chicken workshop this weekend processing chickens it's the second one with uh some of the folks in kansas city and the, um there's some real questions on whether they will continue on right whether they'll have chickens continue to have chickens and uh some certainly will not hatch out new chickens yeah well that's part of learning it right mm -hmm. is this really what i want you have to actually dive in and live it you can't just dream it for five years right right and when you have more than 50 percent that accidentally turn out to be roosters let's say that it's not even the hatching out chickens it's more like i don't know if you remember spirko had chickens right then he got a few ducks right and he looked at his land and said oh the ducks are actually gentler on my land and not destroying it. The chickens are too rough for my land because I'm on a rock slab with a couple inches of dirt. Hmm. Right. 
some of those realizations have hit like oh to actually do enough chickens to make this feasible where i'm at i don't have the yard right or or they'll destroy chickens it. chickens actually just irritate me to the very core just because chickenness irritates me right but really are cute and funny right there are people that have that reaction right oh okay you weren't saying yeah. you no but no. those reactions those things right right people are learning so some of them may not continue with chickens right which is good because you know you don't need a community of 50 people all with 10 chickens apiece hatching out three dozen uh sets of chicks every year right i mean mm -hmm. at some point that becomes unprosperous right but we're teaching enough people to process their chickens that they now know how and they have that confidence to change that to a new animal right or they're now going to continue to apply that where they can teach others good you know community can't define itself about we're raising chickens either <laughs> yeah definitely there's a group for that they're called you know poultry association of wherever right <laughs> you have the uh pastured poultry association right and you have the cattlemen's association and the right those are industry networking things and if you're right. looking for that deeper thing it can't just be chickens that you're about right it's got to be the chickens and the seed swap and the supporting them and exploring the new animals and trying out these different things and stuff um so you know shudra's got that uh grazing thing that he did for chickens right mm -hmm. I've been sharing that with people and uh, one of the guys is kind of excited about that. And he's got some young men that are going to be working for him in a few months, um, you know, kind of in a volunteer learn how it works kind of thing. And he saved projects like that up for them to do. So, you know, cause it's just nailing together some two by fours and putting some screen on it and then, you know, putting it over the pasture. So he's, looking at doing that with them and it's like those things start to build yeah so basically you have a real shallow raised bed that has screen yeah. over the top you put things that chickens like to eat in there and then it grows up through the screen and then the chickens um, eat it without tearing the whole thing up yeah so if you thought about it you're basically going to take two by fours and make a rectangle right mm -hmm. And you're going to put uh, like quarter inch mesh over the top of that. Like, you know, it's bigger than window screens. So, you know, you got sure. squares all over that and that's going to be nailed down onto it. So you're sitting at, you know, a, an American two by four is three and a half inches tall. It's going to be three and a half inches up, right? So whatever grows through that and then whatever they can get their beak down and get, you know, maybe quarter inch, inch maybe. So you've got like two inches of growth there. So they're not completely destroying an area and you don't have to continually paddock move because they can only get what they can get and when it grows up they can have it right and mm -hmm. uh, so you know good examples that you might do is you might this fall plant clover and alfalfa 
or some of those, right? And you can overseed that this spring with like uh, buckwheat and some other stuff that grow up real fast and green up, but you've got that perennial with the annual going back and forth and you can just put that in the coop or wherever. And if you make that movable, you know, cause a couple of guys can pick up two by four rectangle and move it right, you know, eight foot by, you know, four foot or whatever and move that around. Yeah. Or put that in the pastures to keep them from destroying it. Cause I mean, We've all seen what chickens do if they have constant access to an area where they turn it into that layer of fertilization and crust that's just hardened and nothing grows. And then what does grow is like the ragweed and the other woody herbs that, you know, maybe a goat wants, but nothing else wants to eat. And the green pasture, you didn't create anything. Mm -hmm. In an urban setting, you're just never going to have enough pasture to run the chickens over. Yeah, that was Push a good, uh, I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a brilliant idea. What are the thoughts of uh, community? So, you know, it's an example, right? The chickens are moving out, and now we're talking about teaching kids to build something. Right. And that transfers to everything, right? Once you've built a rectangle for chickens to walk on, you can apply that to building something like bigger right you can take that same knowledge of how to use a hammer and nails or screws and a drill and build a wall mm -hmm. a stuck wall that you put up right and that means that if they can discipline and learn that then they can start working on you know doing some maintenance on houses and other things right and that's all just going to start applying and that snowballs and you yeah start somewhere and that, that's more than networking right because mm -hmm. at this point you're talking about building a guy who knows how so that you know a guy that does Building's a bad word there. Um, apprenticing, raising, training would be right. better words than building. Yeah, propagating that skill. Yeah. Teaching it. Okay, Perpin and I recorded this almost a month ago. And I've had a lot of time to think about it since then. And this could probably stand as an episode on its own, but are we being too tough on our definition of community. So Perpin's on a monastic path. He moved to Kansas City to be closer to a church community that was very interactive, and eventually he'll go to a monastery. But a lot of us don't have that level of community, and you don't jump to that level of community anyway, because there's we almost made networking sound like a bad thing versus it's like it's not all or nothing with intentional community or oh that's just networking there's different levels of community you've heard about this as inner and outer circles you've got people that are part of your inner circle they're people you trust they're people that you have your back when things go wrong and there's also other people that are part of your peripheral community. Are they not part of your community? They are part of your community. So you may have not as many things in common with them, but you could still get together with them and have an event. You could still get together with them and, and uh, have a dinner or whatever else. And that is still community. So there's no purity test unless you're talking about 
intentional community. You also have those different levels of circles as someone joins your group and then they they become more comfortable or you become more comfortable with them and then they come from one of the outer circles to one of the inner circles. So this is where your workshops and your and your events have to take those things into account. That's where the barter blanket comes in. As we've talked about before, the barter blanket is not for you and your buds because you're pretty much after two or three sessions are going to run out of things to trade and you'll get to the point where where you say um yeah, I I don't need any more vinegar. I don't need any more of whatever you're trading. But say you put on a seed swap event in the spring, which is very popular with us. And we encourage bringing your friends. We encourage bringing somebody from your church, whatever else, right? Say John comes and none of you know him. Just like anything you're going to, you're going to test the waters with this person. And then as they become more familiar with you, then you may let them into more of your inner circle events where you're sitting around the fire pit. Or you might not. So it's like a Venn diagram and, and you have likes or dislikes or goals that overlap with other people, but you don't necessarily have everything in common with them. You wouldn't necessarily let them come in but it's still community. It's still, they're at your events. They're at your, your workshops. And perhaps they even put on a workshop. You don't necessarily going to move closer to them and have an inner, um, intentional community. So what's the tips for building community? Have meetups. We're going to meet up at a coffee shop this Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning. It's pretty laid back. Um, you put on workshops. We've had several chicken workshops. And one of the things that sets it apart is chicken workshops and things like that should get to the point where they are mundane. It's it's something you do now. Um, but when new folks come in, you're teaching them the skill. You're, you have, you're all comfortable enough with it where... This other person can, they can run and butcher the chicken themselves while you spend time with the new guy, John, and show him how to butcher a chicken because he's never tried it before. There's gardening events, that, as I said, seed swaps. And there's a big difference between online community and in-person community. We'll talk a little bit more about online community and building online community and what is what's the test of that on future episodes so those are my thoughts on community take care and check out thriver news it's thriving community news without the noise it's where perpet and i have more long-form articles about different topics including homesteading intentional living for example some of the things we've had here is how to make comfrey salve or balm on the fly uh, the challenge of being present, basically musings from around the fire pit. Teaching kids that failure is an option. 
a food forest walkthrough of year three, what worked and what didn't. So check it out at thriver.news. And if you like this episode, consider joining the Thriving Patreon, where you can get early episodes, extras, outtakes, ebooks, as well as lots of bonuses. That's at patreon.com slash thrive in the future. Thank you for listening to Thrive in the Future podcast. If you like what you hear, please click that like or subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at Thrive in the Fute and also go to thriveinthefuture.com. Next time on Thrive in the Future podcast. Coming up on Thrive in the Future podcast, are you ready to quit? So many people are quitting homesteading, like the slow steading people quit. Or they're redefining homesteading as lifesteading or freesteading. That's next time on Thrive in the Future.